Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always we are in a video store somewhere in your hometowns to come find us. Yes, video stores still exist and of course you're probably wondering wait we but it's just you talking. Well right now it's just me talking but of course the Honorable Tesla and the fantastic Miss Frida are here in the video store and the grumbling and sounds of the concrete mixers and the noises of the trucks going back and forth that's the dog's mansion being built so you know it's not me it's not my house i care more about my dogs than i do but of course the illustrious butt maestro is here how's it going buddy and how'd you like watching doctor who hi everyone uh thank you admiral uh welcome back everyone to cinema gems we are another show on the internet where a bunch of opinionated nerds talk about whatever the heck we want from week to week and like the admiral pointed out yeah, it's a Doctor Who week, uh, which, look, I know is a little bit of a, a U-turn for us, uh, a little bit of a curveball. Our, the nerdiest stuff we do typically is Star Wars or Star Trek, but uh, y'all did, probably didn't know, we're, we're kind of a bunch of Whovians. Well, at least the Admiral is a big Whovian. I call myself a hooligan. That's an accurate description. I'm a very big Whovian. I, I'm not as into Doctor Who as I'm into uh, Trek and Star Wars and other sci-fi things and D&D fantasy stuff, but I've definitely dabbled in Doctor Who over the years. I've seen at least one episode of every, of every Doctor. I have not seen them all, and I do not have an encyclopedic knowledge of the Doctorverse like the Admiral might. Uh, oh, I do. I do. But I, I think I knew just enough that these three episodes made a good bit of sense to me. I I liked it. I had a good time. So let's get into it. Let's uh, talk about it. So basically, we're going over the uh, 2023 specials, the 60th anniversary specials, uh, the three episodes that uh, came at the tail end of November, the beginning of December last year. We're going to talk about those. But we're going to talk about a very special um children in need special called destination scarrow just for a little bit of additional um, context if anyone didn't watch any of this and is blindsided by the fact is that maybe the last time you watched doctor who was either with uh with one of the last two jody whittaker and please capaldi thank you peter smith. capaldi uh so maybe you kind of jumped off the doctor who bandwagon when matt smith left that's kind of where I was for a while, too. I've dabbled a little bit in Capaldi, a little bit of Jodie Whittaker. Wasn't really my thing. But then Jodie Whittaker regenerates into David Tennant. Well, clothes and all. Yeah, everything. Outfit and all. It's, uh, if you've watched any of the regenerations previously, this was a little bit different. And it was different for the Doctor character, too. He was like, what is going on? Yep. So... Uh, so basically he ends up on Skaro, which is the home planet of the Daleks, um, uh, uh, or the Khalid. Right. Um, but I know, like, I know that from the 60s, um, television series. Because I'm weird, you know, and I know everything that happens in Doctor Who because I don't have any other form of life <laughs> outside of Swapper Jacks. Oh, of course. So I just watch old school Doctor Who. <laughs> Um, because I'm the weird one. I'm the weird one. We're, um, we're both the weird ones, Admiral. That's why we do this we, show together. So, so I, so I, I think I, I think I have it down pat. I think I have it down pat. So you have a vast amount of D and D and I have a vast amount of Dr. Who. Correct. 
we have about the same amount of Star Wars lore, and we also have about, I think you're a little bit more than me in Star Trek lore. Possibly. So I'm, will, so I'm willing to test like that at some point. Is, probably. I'm, I'm fine with another, I'm fine with, I'm fine with another. Another showdown? Show. Wait, is anybody else with <laughs> Is anybody else want another trivia I mean, y'all show? tell us. You know how to get in contact with us. Cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Tell us what you want. Exactly. Yeah. Why is the Fantasmus Frida excited? She's like, oh, oh. Oh, oh boy. Oh, trivia show. Um, Frida, you wouldn't be able to host it. Mm. You wouldn't know what to do. You just want pets. That's all she would want. But whatever. So I feel like this is my version of D&D. Okay. Uh, uh, between the two of us, because I know more than you do, and you know more than I do in D and D. Cool. Let's go with that. So, by the way, it, yeah, if you have any questions about my show, about anything that's said or happens in any of these three that, specials, that's why I was looking forward like, to doing this episode with you because I knew that anything I was confused about, I'm hoping you'll be able to explain. Uh, so basically, uh, Destination Scarrow. So uh, the Fourteenth Doctor, who is reincarnated from the Tenth Doctor because of the same face, um, basically um, is puzzled why you know his face is back, his old face. He doesn't know what's going on, but he crash lands on Scarrow at the birth of Daleks of the Daleks of the Khalid uh, race. But also, we have to specify that. I know this, um, the Bud Maestro doesn't, but this kind of retcons um, some Dalek lore from the late 60s, early 70s. Um, I'm okay with it because, hey, it's lore, it's okay. more lore that we didn't know we needed. You know, it. look, lore is ever-changing as possible. If you retcon some stuff, that's fine. But if you don't like that one, you always have the other one that you feel about. Yeah. That you know, that you know about. So basically, the doctor crashes his TARDIS, um, and the claw Here. is broken. Places it. Uh, yep. Uh, and Davros, pre-accident Davros, because Davros is in a giant metal wheelchair. Um. Uh, basically, uh, you put it best that the Fourteenth Doctor. Uh, gave the plunger uh, as the weapon uh, instead of the claw, and I like that. I you I, I did. I love that. that. I thought that was amazing. It's amazing. I was like, yes, yeah. Uh, and uh, then uh, the doctor tells uh, Castavellian um, that he was never here, um, and he and like, he Ooh. accidentally called the Daleks the Daleks, and Castavellian's like, oh. I love that name. Uh, but yeah. And I mean... That I brings think... us pretty flawlessly into part one of this three-part special, The Star Beast. Yes, which is based off a comic book from the late 70s, early 80s, I believe, um, about a star beast, um, a, a creature from the stars. Um, and we get to meet Donna Noble which we're not supposed to see, but we get kind of an interesting um, 
for, for a hot minute, the Donna or the Doctor is really doing everything he can to not interact with Donna because he's pretty sure that if he does, she'll explode. Right, her brain will go kersplat. Um, so basically, he's trying to avoid every everything possible. He doesn't know why his face came back. He he's like, why is it this face out of all the faces that I've had? Why? And there is a monster of the week episode oh hey there's With a furry the alien the meep exactly i love the meep Which, by the way did you well i mean it's been over like three weeks i mean i know it's been way over three weeks but i think it's like two to three weeks as a spoiler what you got uh, did you know that the meep was evil i had a feeling I, I figured. Hey. I figured anytime there's a cute creature that pops up on Doctor Who, it's about fifty-fifty chance whether they're genuinely cute or they have teeth. Yep, and I love that it's a megalomaniac uh, meep. Like, I, I, and I love that uh, that Donna girl calls uh, him, or I'm sorry, the meep, a Mad Paddington. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I laughed. So it's a very, very British joke. Yeah, very British. Um. And, you know, I, I also love that uh, the 10th, uh, I'm sorry, the 10th Doctor, the 14th Doctor, um, masquerading as the 10th Doctor, let's be honest, it's the same Doctor, uh, has the uh, court counsel, takes out a wig, pops it on, and just starts, like, spouting shadow proclamation, all kinds of stuff. And when we're watching this, Patron just goes, is that why you have a judge's wig in case you ever need it? I'm like, you never know. You never know. You never know if you're going to need it. You never know. Um, so basically does chatter proclamation. Like, hey, look, we're not going to have any fighting right now. We're discussing court until I say so. And uh, we get to see the... what? Oh, what's those other creatures called? Uh... Not the meep. Um, I can't even think of it. Well, I can't think of it. I'm also not being able to find it. All. Oh, the 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 Rarths. The Vars. Rarths. W R A T H S. Is that them no. working alongside a unit? Which oh, I do have a, a Doctor Who kind of general lore question okay. for you, Admiral. What's up? When was Unit founded? Um, in the sixties. And okay, so they've been a part of the Doctor Who verse way who before the, the new Hooniverse. the the new Doctors. The Hooniverse. The Hooniverse. Yeah. Forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Okay, so they they've been part of the 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 Hooniverse since like before Exelson and Tennant. Yeah, so basically, uh, Kate Leftbridge Stewart, uh, the person that's in charge, is the character's daughter of the original Leftbridge Stewart from Tom Baker, Peter Davidson, like uh, John Pertwee, like you know all of the old <laughs> Doctors. This is the yeah. character's daughter that is over unit now cool um, i mean i do genuinely love that in its modern day it is run pretty much exclusively by women yeah no i 100 and they're all incredible i'm like please can we just have everything run by women 
That's fine. I'm okay with that. 100%. 100%. I think any guy that's scared of that idea really needs to look inward because I think they're just scared of how they treat women. Yeah. And if you're like, Personally. oh, I'm not going to listen to this show anymore because these, these simps, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Okay, bye. We're, we don't want anything to do with Go you. Go away, die mad. Yeah, I know. Oh, this is a safe space. You're never. You know what? We don't need you in our safe space. You can leave. If 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 empowering women and minorities makes you mad, go away. Die mad. The exit's that way. Yeah. I'm just pointing in any general direction. The exit is that way. Because this Sorry. is an audio show, and it doesn't matter where we point. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah. So basically, the beep turns out to be evil, um, and the only way the doctor can save. The double dagger drive is to sacrifice. It's it's a total Spock thing. The needs of the many yeah, outweigh the needs of much. the few or the one. Um, right. And I love I love that Donna's like, um, just do whatever you need to do to to help me, you know, to to help me remember or whatever. And he just starts spouting words, which made me think of Winter Soldier. Oh. I just and I love that Pelican. The Louisiana State Bird was one of them. I like that that was one of the words. Uh, and I love that when it kicks in, Donna just holds her hand up and she's like, binary. Um, and then she starts getting everything going and they make the dagger drive cancel. And she said it's the best 55 seconds of her life. She realizes, wow, I'm not dead. Oh, wait. Because the 14th doctor goes, you had a metacrisis, but you had a child, and it passed on. Wait, the doctor is binary, male or female, and your offspring isn't. They're non-binary, so that's why y'all can survive is because of that reason. And also, I love that they point out the sheds, the TARDIS, all the stuffed animals are the monsters they met. Uh, she even picked her own name, Rose, and it's just like it is an it is interesting, and I love I love Russell T. Davis because he does fan service in a good way, if that makes sense. Agreed, agreed. He he can knock it out of the park, and I love that after all of that, you know, the doctor's like, oh, you know, we, uh, Meep, you're going over to this council, blah, the Shadow Proclamation, blah. Oh, hey, give my regards to the family members of Constable so-and-so and, you know, uh, the, the, other, the other unfortunate bug creature that died, right? So those, those two died, and the Meep's like, yes, but I'll be back, Doctor. I'll be back. And I like how the Doctor's like, oh, that's vague. I don't really like that. And then just turns over and goes, well, we got to get that fixed because it's wrapped around your cerebral cortex. And I love how the women are like, you know, you, it sucks that you're not a woman anymore because, you know, you just got to let it go. And they literally just let it go. Just let it go. Okay. It's done. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a new TARDIS, which they're trying to show off that Disney money, bro. Yeah, they they're are. showing off that Disney money. Yeah, they are. Now, I need you to clarify when you say new TARDIS. It is still externally the same blue police box. Correct, but which is internally which is Kirk and his broke. 
internally it's a soundstage that can do whatever techno jargon they need to yeah it's uh inter interdimensionally transcendental so yep that, that word time and time and relative dimension in space or, or or in layman's terms it's bigger on the inside we're on the inside yep yeah um so we get this beautiful tardis running around going you know having everything and then the the doctor makes donna a coffee um and she accidentally spills the coffee on the tardis console and shenanigans ensue um patron would was gonna be so pissed if they ruined that new tardis console oh yeah like the interior of the TARDIS. yeah because it's beautiful she was pissed oh my goodness um and then we get to the um wild blue yonder yep now i'll be honest uh, which... i i remember most of the star beast i remember most of the giggle i don't really remember watching the wild blue yonder episode i'm so sorry it's, okay. it's one of the it's it's a bottle episode you're fine you're fine um do you have any thoughts on the star beast besides my viewpoint? i think it was fun uh i didn't fully understand a lot of why it was so impertinent that donna not see the doctor and then suddenly it's okay that the donna sees uh, that donna sees the doctor and all of her knowledge and memories are coming back it as a casual doctor who fan my experience watching doctor who is oh that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense given what the episode has given me but i'm assuming this being a like 60 plus year long running show that somewhere in the show's way too long canon is a logical explanation for this but i'm not gonna go well, digging yeah, because it's a lot it's like trying to be a one piece well, fan and still not knowing what oh, the one piece okay. is after more than i think 2000 episodes i don't even know what one piece is i don't even know why he's a stretchy gumby arm guy. yeah so like look anytime i watch doctor who it's with a little bit of a grain of salt and major suspension of disbelief of, and just kind of trusting the long history of the show that okay whatever questions i have now there are answers for them somewhere i'm not gonna go digging for it well basically um in the fourth season with uh david Tennant, uh 10th doctor and donna um it says it in the prologue basically that she regenerated, she took a Time Lord consciousness into a human being body, and that can't exist. Right. So the doctor took all of her memories of him away because if she ever remembered him, she would die. But unbeknownst to him, because he is a male Time Lord, he doesn't think that she can just let it go. That basically that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. That was Thank it. you, Admiral. Yeah. Um, and we get to the Wobbly Yonder. Did you, do you remember meeting uh, Sir Isaac? I do. Newton? That was interesting. That, that was very nice. <laughs> and I love how they're like, I love how they're like, Sir Isaac Newton is hot. And I like how the Fortune Doctor's like, yeah, oh, is that me now? And I love that Donna's like, oh, that you we were always there. You were always there. And I was just like, wow, whoa. Uh, so it's a bottle episode. So, um. Basically, they're stuck on a ship uh, with creatures that can take over and mimic uh, the people that they try and follow. The TARDIS left because of it being a quote-unquote bomb. 
uh, but shows up at the last minute. Uh, the doctor saves who he thinks is the real Donna, but doesn't. And then saves the real Donna. Patron was like, what the hell just happened? Was a bit Are confusing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and that, oh, by the way, the reason he, uh, the reason the doctor said that, uh, he didn't want to invoke anything at the end of the universe, uh, was because something might come back and that's how the toy maker came back is because he counted all the grains of salt. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He counted all the grains of salt. Um, but yeah, look, I love the wild blue yonder. It is an interesting episode it's a good the doctor's trap on a spaceship has nowhere to go has no sonic doesn't understand anything you know i enjoyed it for what it's worth i really liked this episode a lot because it gave us it it was a lot it was conversations between the doctor and donna that we wanted but didn't know we wanted if that makes sense it was nice. It felt like a lot of additional um, context and flash fleshing out of backstory of of yeah, like motivations. And also, um, I love that they really got into the uh, Disney money because of all the bad CGI. <laughs> yep. Accurate, <laughs> very very accurate. Um, um, and I like how he 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 basically hoverboarded the TARDIS to go get the Donnas. What are the? I was like. Is the doctor hoverboarding the TARDIS? Is it? Right. Is anybody I, else I think that's what he this? did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then we get to the Butt Maestro's favorite episode, the Giggle. I usually resent those kind of assumptions, but this time you're absolutely right because it's Neil Patrick Harris is the villain. Now, I. He's not exactly perfect as this villain because it did annoy me just a little bit how inconsistent his accent was throughout this episode so i have i have a reason why in canon but they didn't go for it. it would you like me to explain um so i went back and i rewatched. um there's four parts for the original tour maker serial from the first doctor in the 1964 serial or whatever or 65 66 somewhere in that era they had a four-part serial of the the doctor meeting the toy maker there's only one episode that is surviving all the other three oh, are oh lost. shoot okay they do not have them they don't have audio of them fully erased they don't, like because sometimes if they have audio they just they just animate it and put the audio in right it's fully gone they don't have that so fully gone so there's Dang, only one right. episode left um and and at the very end of the episode, the doctor imitates the toy maker's voice. Okay. So, canon-wise, the toy maker keeps changing his voice around so the doctor can't imitate it. So he can't get away with that again, if that makes sense. Um, which, by the way... Um, and it was a brief set. It was like a literal brief second of the original toy maker that they showed up when, when the 14 doctor remembered who it was. Um, do you know who, the, uh, you probably don't 
know who that guy is. But the original toy maker, you might know him as Alfred from the Joel Schumacher no way. Batman movie. Really? That is that is him. Oh, really? Alfred from Michael Keaton, from uh, you have Val Kilmer and George the the, ver- the version of Alfred that is notorious for being the most gentlest, kind kindest father figure that Bruce Wayne does not deserve was a Doctor Who villain. Yep, that's funny. I knew you would like that. I knew you would like that. That's pretty amazing, oh. actually. I love it a lot. The butt my uh, love this this episode especially the first little bit where we get the whole stooky bill uh the the stooky bill yeah the the creepy marionette that infects people's minds and traps people uh there there's some weird uh phobias that i occasionally you know forget about uh clowns in certain circumstances uh spiders in certain circumstances uh dummies Turns out is another one that I keep forgetting about until every time I watch Twilight Zone. Mm. The ventri- ventriloquist dummies, for uh, in certain contexts, can be real freaking creepy. And I wanted to, That's... I wanted to punt that doll, like Donna did with the uh, with the with the Stooky Stooky Bill's wife and the Stooky Bill. Just, just no. F off. No. Go away. <laughs> You're like, no! No! I'm trying so hard not oh. to curse, but uh, but these, doll- these dolls freak me the heck out, man. Not okay so, with it. Uh, so basically, we also get a bunch of backstory for people who haven't watched Doctor Who since David Tennant uh, about what happens to each one of the Doctor's companions after he left Donna, which... I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. Um, did you? That was that was very helpful. Was that was before? very nice. Uh, very nice context. I was very happy about that. Yeah, he'd be liking the redheads. Yeah, yeah. He's he's <laughs> he's like, got a type. <laughs> yep. Or rather, um, the BBC so, has had a type. It's 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 redheads and blondes. Usually, that's what they usually go for. Um. Uh, but basically Donna gets this expose, this info dump of how the doctor tries to help every one of his companions, but he does in a certain way. If you look at him from a certain point of view, and I love that the toy maker switched to an American accent. Well, that's all right then. Well, that's all right then. I'm sorry. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris was just creepy enough as the toy maker. Uh, and and had so many fun little mannerisms, but also the kind of competitive nature of this character, and, and the Doctor kind of exploiting their own self-enforced rules, which of course a godlike entity has to have some kind of rules that they abide by. Otherwise, the Doctor would not be able yep. to manipulate that and beat them. So basically, they just play the old game of cut the deck, highest cards win, aces high, and the doctor loses. Which, by the way, I'm glad that they didn't make him cut the tenth card, because I was like, that'd have been too on the nose. <laughs> if they would have made him get the tenth one, I was like, oh. But the the toy maker got the king, and 
I don't know about you, but that looked very Matt Smith esque. Like that King card looked very I agree. Matt Smith. I agree. I was thinking that as well. Uh, but then the doctor pulls a, a, a little history um, actually on him. Uh, did you know that their score was one nothing before in their competitions? Because I didn't know, but I was very grateful to the episode for filling me in. Of like, nope, now it is one all. We are tied. Well, uh, well yeah, because because he, I watched the the old toy maker episode, and the doctor beat him, and trapped him in a bubble universe. It's a weird. In a weird universe below the universe. Look, it's weird. Of course it's weird. It's Doctor, Doctor Who. It's wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. You don't expect yeah, it to make of... full sense. You just hope it makes enough sense that you can hold on while you're on the ride. Exactly. Um, uh, so basically, uh, the Doctor won last time, and the... Uh, the toy maker won this time, but the unviable rule, best of three. Um, and uh, we get everybody in the world. Spice up your life. Spice up life. Ah, exactly. Genuinely love that scene. Which, by the way, that I'm surprised that hasn't taken more over the internet than I thought it would have. I thought it would have just... Right, I didn't think the internet needed an extra excuse to get hyped about Spice Girls. Or Doctor Who. Right? Exactly. Um, But basically, there's a galvanic beam, and they take out one of the satellites to stop the Giggle network, uh, because the Giggle is ingrained in every screen possible ever, which, don't understand why. But... It basically it is. Um, and how did you like the Vlinks, uh, the giant robotic weird? Very fun. It reminded me a like, lot of. Oh, hey, uh, I forgot the the droid's name in one of these Knights of the Old Republic games, but it was very much like Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic uh, info droid protocol droid kind of kind of vibe. I liked it a lot. I know exactly what type of droid you're talking about, but also the name is. Yeah, me as I'm well. I'm blanking. You mean what I know? I know. Hey, I if know. y'all if y'all remember what I'm talking about uh, and can tell me the name, uh, yeah, email it to cinemagems15 at gmail Please and thank you. Yes, uh, and also we get uh, Mel who traveled with the seventh Doctor, the sixth and seventh Doctor a lot. She's back on Earth. Um, and I love how the doctor and her kind of talk a little bit about, you know, have have a nice, you know, discussion here and there. Um, and I like and so a lot of to to the older fans, that conversation made sense to the newer fans. What I understood what he was talking about, uh, but I know a lot of people are like, wait, what happened? But basically, she was in space. She went off with some uh, some some pirate. Um, he died as you talk right. you heard Mel talk about and she bought she got a Zongo back to Earth. And she has nobody, so she just she works at Unit now. Which I'm glad that she works at Unit because she is literally probably one of the most qualified people to work at Unit because she's actually been to space and <laughs> survived. Like Yeah. Come on. As most of the companions of the Doctor can attest to. Space it's, it's is pretty, really bad. It's pretty dangerous. 
Turns out. So basically, the Galvanic Beam, um, the toy maker. Which, by the way, did you like his little target? I did. That was bell, that was very fun. The shop bell. Um, and I like how he try he targets all the people and he points out like the orphan, the soldier, or I think I should play it with the next doctor. Shoots the galvanic beam straight through David Tennant, and all of a sudden, uh, the hand, the quote unquote handmaidens help David Tennant survive. Uh, the regeneration is there by his side, but apparently it's different this time. So they pull, basically pull the doctor apart, and it's a bi generation, which is a myth. It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't happen. Which has never happened before. So here's how I kind of think about this. And here's why it actually makes a lot of sense to me. In the last several years, I think one of the most consistent themes about the Doctor is carrying around not just all of the trauma of Gallifrey and guilt of Gallifrey and all of the terrible things he's had to do to protect countless more people, uh, but companions, friends, collateral damage. The Doctor has been carrying so much guilt and responsibility and trauma with him everywhere he goes that now those parts of him have separated and compartmentalized. So uh, all the trauma is left with this version of the Doctor that can effectively retire and then the spirit, the adventurous, protecting, caring, nurturing spirit of the Doctor gets passed on untethered from the trauma that was holding him down before. Do you think that's a good description of how that the split worked, Admiral? Description, but I do have one thing. One thing. What you got? Why does the BBC want David Tennant Doctor to always have a happy ending? It's only him. He gets... He get it is eight. only him because I, I I I can't think of another doctor that has had a really happy ending. No. You know, he gets human. He gets a human side, a human time lord hybrid. He gets to be human with Rose in a different universe. I'm sorry, what? Well, and Rose wasn't even like happy about that. She was like, "I'm satisfied. It's the doctor I want, but it's not who I really want. But you have all his memories, so it's okay." It's like. How does that work? But fine. That was my only my only thing is oh so 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 forget every other doctor possible. Every other doctor, no, y'all don't get a happy ending. Only the David Tennant ones do. Only the David Tennant ones. Um, and I'm okay with it. I enjoy it. I liked it for what it's worth. But also, hey, um, the uh, third doctor, uh, John Pertweet, uh, was was basically um exiled on earth for four years so he got to relax and do nothing also um matt smith basically was on earth for like 300 and something years and he got to relax but you know hey this is just me pick nitpicking this is just me nit, just nitpicking you know just different things picking a very wibbly wobbly timey-wimey show that and look my biggest critique of the doctor who doctor who universe for the longest time uh, and again, coming from a massive Star Trek fan, continuity matters to me. If something happens in the beginning of your series and you have follow-up series that take place a few hundred years later, we should still be feeling the ripple effects 
of Kirk messing around with that one green woman. Yeah. You know, yep. Th- things things happen, ripple effects happen, butterfly effect. Yep. At the end of every season of Doctor Who, the doctor finishes off big air quotes, one of his biggest enemies, air quotes, once and for all, more air quotes. And then the beginning of the next season, it's like it never happened. Yep. They are allergic to continuity. So you know what? If the continuity they are setting this time around is, hey, trauma doctor, go relax. New doctor, untethered by trauma, go explore the galaxy and and inspire hope. Yep. So basically... I'll take it. Basically, the 14th and 15th doctor can coexist. Um, The 14th doctor got his wish, which was that the toy maker be banished from his universe. And the 15th Doctor got his wish, which is a brand new TARDIS with wheelchair accessibility. Beautiful. I love it. It is an excellent revamp for a show. I'm excited for it. I'm not saying the Doctor Who is bad. I'm not saying that Chris... I'm, look, I'm not here to dog Chris Chibnall and say he's a horrible person, but hey, look, I'm not saying he's a horrible person, but he just doesn't know how to write things. There's so much of this show over time that it's just every season is its own new vibe. Every doctor brings with them their own new vibe. I think Jodie Whittaker and uh, Peter Capaldi, their vibe was very serious. Very, very serious, very emotionally unavailable. Especially with Jodie Whittaker, uh, very... Preachy's not the right the right word for it, but very difficult. Yep. You know, the writing was bad. Judy Gatwell. The writing was really yeah. bad for her. She I, did a great I found job. it very hard to personally get into. She yeah, she was a fantastic actor. Yep. For sure. She still is a fantastic actor, and I can't see what else I can't wait to see what else she does. Judy Gatwell brings with him a whole new, just genuinely fun vibe. And I know it's not part of this review, but I did like his little performance at the end of this three-parter so much that I did go on to watch the follow-up Christmas special uh, that served as his first full episode. Mm -hmm. And I liked it a lot. I really Uh, did. I like his vibe. Did you like that he saved the universe in his underwear? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say earlier you mentioned briefs. I wanted to say speaking of briefs so bad, but we weren't quite there yet in the timeline. Yeah. So basically the the fourteen doctor and the fifteen doctor play a game of catch against the toy maker. They win, um, and the gold tooth falls out and then I which a mysterious woman takes the gold tooth. But my question is where was she hanging out with in the skyscraper that she could just grab the tooth and fall off the cliff? Is that Missy? Is that the mistress? So, so no. Is that what's going that, on? So the Missy is a form of the master. So right. that's not Missy. That is someone that can bring the master back. But basically, it's like, oh, hey, look, we're going to bring this giant old uh villain back which is great but i want the ronnie back i want a renegade female time lady to come back who's called the ronnie who is only available in two serials and she's never been back again bring her back bring her back russell t davis bring her back 
I know you're listening to this. Look, Russell G. Davis, I know you listen to my show. I know you do. And I know that you, Catherine Tate, and David Tennant were in a chat. And basically, uh, Catherine Tate was like, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be fun if we came back and did Doctor Who again? Wasn't that fun? And Russell T. Davis was like, hold on. And then two days later was like, hold uh, my tea. so we're back. We're back. The Russell T. Davis was like, here, hold my Earl Grey tea. Like, hold, hold my Guinness. Exactly. All right. So the three episodes and the mini episode of Doctor Who 2003 60th anniversary specials. specials. But Maestro, what do you think about the gem rating for these specials? So real quick, we do have a gem rating on this show that we give to everything we talk about. Whole gem, it was amazing. Half gem, it was all right. No gem, waste of time. I think all three of these were somewhere in between a half gem and a full gem. Especially the last one, part three, I think is borderlining on a full gem of a Doctor Who episode. It could, It's something that I, I would voluntarily go back and watch again. Well, I'm biased, so I think it's a full gem. Sorry. Okay. I'm I'm biased. I think it's really fun. Would you recommend uh this three parter for someone who has either never watched Doctor Who but is kind of mildly curious about it, or uh someone who has been on and off the Who train for a while? Would you uh, kind of recommend both? this as yes. a jumping back in point? But to both to answer to both questions, yes. Yes, 100%. It's a nice jumping back on point. It's also a nice point where as a, oh, hey, watch these three episodes. Oh, do you like Doctor Who? Where well, here's 60 years of lore that you could just watch. Go. Right. Um, no, I 100% agree. I 100% agree with you that it is a nice jumping on point. Is it a nice coming back point? Like, Oh, I didn't like when Chris Chimble was the creative control. I thought Jodie Whittaker was good. I thought Capaldi was good. Um, you know, I thought Matt Smith was okay. You know, come back. It's okay to come back. It's okay to be a Doctor Who fan now. We want to um, know what y'all think about this three-parter. Uh, are y'all are y'all full-on Whovians? Are y'all kind of hooligans like me? Or are you Sherlock fans that are still holding your breath for another season? Uh, let us know what you thought. Happen. I know. I know it won't happen. Uh, but, you know, tell Tumblr that. Uh, but let us know what you think. You can email us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com with any of your comments, questions, concerns. Uh let us know what you want us to review. What did you think of the Doctor Who three-part special? Do you want more of this? Let us know. We want to talk about that. Yep. Yep. And also, guys, thank you for Marty and the Arrogant Observer for allowing us to be on your website, lowrampictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for lighting and your music. Guys, look, it is tough times are going on right now. Just relax. Breathe. Thank you, as always, to our amazing Swapper Jacks friends and family members. We love y'all. Keep the support going, not just for our show, but for each other, because we rely on each other. Love all y'all. And guys, just remember to take some time before you can help others. It helps, because as soon as you get yourself centered, then you can help center other people. Yep. Uh, I like that a lot. That's good, Admiral. Thank you. I think. I think I just came up with that. It's very good. I don't know. It's very good. I like it. Um, 
and also, guys, time to relax. Go away from the world. Unplug. Think Unplug about Unplug for things. a while. Watch your favorite movie. Yeah. Watch, just watch three hours of Doctor Who. Watch your favorite movie, play your favorite video game. And if the world happens to explode while you're watching your favorite movie or playing your favorite video game, isn't that the best way to go out? Yeah. Hey, at least you always remember your favorite movie. You know. You know. (laughs) We love all y'all. Thank you for all the comments and concerns and uh, and questions and constant feedback on the show and letting us be the show that you want us to listen that you want to listen to. Words are hard. It's the end of a forty-five minute show, and my mouth isn't working anymore. Love all y'all. Yeah, but yeah, guys, and also remember to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, Black Lives always matter, guys. Always. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. See you later. Stay safe out there. Woo! Also, guys, I know I don't usually say this, but I just wanted to say this. I went and saw Argyle this weekend with Patron, and I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to like it. Look, Matthew Vaughn movies are just high-octane weirdo movies that, like the first Kingsman, weird. The second Kingsman, even weirder. Kingsman. Still weirder, but in a weird 1914 century kind of, it's not century, you know what I meant, 1914. Guys, look, it's just a movie, go check it out, have fun with it, relax, don't take it too seriously. That's what Matthew Vaughn movies are for. And yes, guys, Columbo is playing on in the background.